Count us off, bro. Three, two, one. Brendo, 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 Brendo. Wherefore the Brendo man comes, Oscar Olympics depression and fun. Wherefore the Brendo man comes, Oscar Olympics depression and fun. Solo time! Wherefore the Brendo man comes, Oscar Olympics depression and fun. Excellent, big closer! Wherefore the Brendo man comes. Oscar Olympics depression and fun. Nailed it. Like we never missed a beat, bro. Yeah, we haven't done that in a while. Did we rehearse? No. Was that one take? Yeah. Yeah. Prove it. Prove it was one take. I can't. You just gotta trust us. I guess. Loving it. Glad to be here. Why haven't we podcasted in so long? What is this podcast anymore? This is Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy. I am his brother, Carson Crashley, the fourth, father of Lillian Crashley, the fifth. Brendan Creasy, the last of his name. Yeah. Why have it? What, how long has it been, bro? Like, like a, just a few weeks. Well, we've been busy. We've been to Astoria. Yeah, it was your birthday. <sighs> birthday anniversary. My and... birthday. Wife's birthday. Anniversary. Not in that order. We went to the Goondocks. We went to the Goondocks. I went to Ilwaka, Washington. We saw. Barracks where they had big cannons. We went to the jail from the Goonies. We and... did. You took off your mask. What if you got COVID from the Goonies jail? Would you be like, nah, I'm okay with that? I didn't take off my mask. I have photo evidence of you with your mask off in the cell. Oh, you told me to. What? What if you got COVID from that? That would be bad. I've got both shots now. You're, you're good. You were you were spreading antibodies in that cell. So they have a little film museum in that little jailhouse now. Yeah. This is your second time in that jailhouse. First time, very different. Well, the first time we didn't go inside the jailhouse. It's kind of pure, though. We just kind of took joyous, like... Da-da-da-da-da. Ah. What's that? Not Thelma and Louise. We weren't driving off a... Laverne and Shirley photos in front of the jailhouse steps. This time we were inside. Yeah, and they have like... Gift shop. They have a gift shop. They have props from... They have cutouts of sloth. Yeah. They had greeting you a little plushy chunk. With a mask on. Yeah. It was beautiful. And they had stuff... From some other movies like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Also filmed in the Northwest. Kindergarten Cop. Classic. Uh, Twilight. Again, wonderful. I've never seen a Twilight movie. Not not a single one? No. Not even by accident? I think I've like... You like fall asleep and then wake up and like, oh god, Twilight, where did it come from? I think I've like flipped channels and maybe it was on. I watched it for a little bit and was like, this is pretty dumb. And you saw the sparkle effect on their skin and you're like, done. But Cedric Diggory, future Batman, elephant trainer opposite Reese Witherspoon. I never saw that movie. Moving on. It's not Olympic worthy. I saw Oscar Olympic worthy. Are any of. If there's a Harry Potter movie that's Oscar-worthy, it's probably the third one. Are we getting there? We probably passed it. I think we passed already. (laughs) We're doing a great job. Yeah, no Oscars for Alan Rickman. Does he deserve one, Snape? I mean, maybe. Always. It's really good. Mr. Potter. 
What are you gonna do? Transfigure into a fish. See, I crossed over. One of his best lines from Dogma with Harry Potter. Just because. Oh, he's so good in Dogma. That was... Thus negating all existence. Anyway. We're not here to celebrate Dogma. We're not here to live in the past. See, we needed a break. We're leaning into... We, we've been doing a lot of yard work. Yeah, I tore up your whole yard. You ruined tore. your hand. Is there a more shame than the um, soft, soft man doing literally two hours of yard work and then getting blisters and being like, oh, I'm not cut out for this. You did more than two hours. Dug up a whole lawn. Yeah, that you were like, you're going to be able to do this in an hour. It's going to be no problem for you. And uh, I was right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Um, working in the yard. and But we don't have a volcano in the yard anymore. We do. It's just behind the garage. Well, now it's like a giant pile of dirt. Yeah, it's hard. We have to Andy Dufresne the lawn. Because we got, we got popped this week the compost was too heavy they frowned upon just over 100 pounds of dirt in the compost bin but I mean when you're digging up sod the dirt's in the root system he's hard you were there you've seen it so what are you going to do like just take it to the park or something yeah every time you take Will on a walk a handful of dirt (laughs) gotta Shawshank this dirt and negate it out of existence where do I take it? What if Alan Rickman was the Morgan Freeman character from Shawshank? Andy. Oh, Andy. Meet me when you get out at San Juan Teneo. Hope is a dangerous thing, Mr. Dufresne. <laughs> That's that's almost vaguely that's good. I think I got a chortle out of the guy. Yeah. Guy's still here. How you doing, guy? I'm the funny guy. That's good. I mean, guy's part of the reason we haven't done this podcast to um, shift blame. Why? Because he lives up here now. Yeah, he lives in the studio, so we're kind of at the whim of his um, schedule. Never been a problem. Shut up, guy. All right. We haven't been doing the podcast because you're breaking up with me. That's not true. Oh, okay. I thought that was why. I thought you were breaking up with me. How can I break up with you? I live with you. Yeah, that'd be weird. Are you breaking up with me right now? Yeah. Well, it's a good run. There was an Oscars. We haven't even done our Oscars. We're an Oscar podcast. Yeah, that was the weirdest Oscars, like, ever. All right, yeah. It was wild. Soderbergh. It's it's hard, because, you know, when the Oscars tank and there's a host, a lot of the blame goes to the host, right? Not, not whoever produced it. I was reading um, some people in L.A. are pissed off. They're like, this is what it's going to look like. With people taking over public spaces for the Olympics. Because, like, they fucked up the whole train schedule, apparently. Because they filmed at Union Station. And they displaced a bunch of homeless people. And so they're like, they got the Olympics coming in 2028. It's going to be, like, way worse. It's like... Why even bother planning for 2028 is my initial reaction. <laughs> what is 2028 even going to look like? Can't think about it. Well, they're still like gung-ho about having the Olympics in Tokyo this summer, even though they're like having an emergency, state of emergency right now because of rising COVID cases. Everywhere. Not but it's like, we need to have the Olympics. Do we? I don't know. Our podcast doesn't even need that. We don't we don't care about the real Olympics. This is the Oscar Olympics. They happened. We can continue. But yeah, the big the big thing that you 
is that we immediately noticed is the decision not to end the night with the best picture announcement. Yeah, Where do you think that's coming from? Well, I think they were headed to this big Chadwick Boseman moment that ended up not happening. Who votes the most? <laughs> like cranky old guy, old old guys, and who won Best Actor? An uh, actor portraying in the one clip we saw of it a yelly old guy. <laughs> like, oh, bro, that's acting right there. That guy that probably has early onset dementia was acting like an angry guy struggling with the fears of coming to terms with your brain failing you. I had a friend, I have a friend who interviewed Anthony Hopkins for his podcast. It was really good. It's called Mark and Me Podcast. Go check it out. Be like, yo, how does it feel to close out the... uh, Olympics of 2021 with a still frame of your headshot and like not in attendance. Good night, everybody. And then like I felt cut to Questlove, Questlove playing everybody off. And now everybody's dunking on Questlove, and I I get a props for Questlove. He wore gold Crocs, and people are giving him shit. But you I know how this household feels about Crocs. We are a pro Crocs house. And we are pro, you know, in honor of this household, I'm drinking a beverage. Mmm. You want to taste it? Mm. You got to. This is a beverage that you introduced to me. A little uh, wine cocktail. What's in this beverage? Well, this First is... off, how's it taste? What are your thoughts? It's pretty good. I mean... Citrusy. Well, it's a beverage that was introduced to me by Emily Schmemily, and it's a white wine with Mountain Dew in it. In honor of the 2021 Oscars and uh, Glenn Close shaking her ass and cursing on live TV, uh, I think we should call it the Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> That's pretty good. What, what, what does a Schmemily call it? I don't remember. White wine and Dew? I think it calls it like a mountain splash. Mountain splash. Mountain spritzer. Yeah. But I think, I even think maybe she was using like knockoff Mountain Dew. To be fair, this is Dew Zero. Yeah, I can definitely. What? But you know, yeah, I like it was Oscars. This is an Oscar podcast. Oscar Olympic podcast. What is the Oscar Olympics, by the way? We referenced this thing we do. That is our loose format. We take four years worth of Oscar winners, an Olympic year, and award medalists based on the winners of an Oscar epoch, an yeah. Oscar era. So you take like the best picture winners of those four years and award gold, silver, and bronze medals. And sometimes we don't like the best picture winners so we choose our own yeah but today we're focusing on um we're doing uh best or we usually start off with acting but we're gonna do uh screenplays four for 2008 which is the years 2005 six seven and eight so i'm done with we're done with college at this point just to take us back to that time period I'm you're in 2005. China. Well, 2005, I was back. I got back, back from, China. from China in March, and then I was live working. I was couch surfing for a while, and then I got a job at Disneyland, which changed your life. Yeah, when I was working at Disneyland, and I watched a lot of movies. But I didn't watch You're it. separating from the church during this time period. I mean, I was still working at a church for a while. But, you know, internally. Yeah, definitely. What else is going on internally during this period for you? <laughs> what? With your boners. Where are you pointing your boners at this, this time? <laughs> I mean, Brokeback's going to come up quite a bit. Well, yeah, it was definitely... Like, dealing with that stuff. Why, why can't you talk? Why can't you say it? What stuff? 
Well, I was like, am I gay? I don't know. I don't think so. No, I don't want to be gay. Being gay is bad. Dealing with all that. Where's all this coming from? You live in L.A. in this area. Years of religious indoctrination. From Presbyterians that were like pretty chill about it. Yeah, but then I went to like extreme levels. Yeah. Yeah. But every now and again, you'd hang out with your brother in San Francisco, get wine drunk on the streets, and be like, hey, that gay guy, he was, was kind of nice. He was very nice. Maybe gay people are okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mark's getting his palm red, and he's going to find out he's going to die at a young age. Oh, man. The 24-hour darner in the Castro. That was, like, really... Sparkies! That was really surreal. I just remember watching him, like, through the... Like, we're outside having this conversation. Like, you're, like, bumming someone in a cigarette. And of course, you know, a nice, bare-looking dude like you. You're like, that guy, was, that guy gave us a cigarette. So we're smoking outside this diner. We look inside, and there's, like... A, how would you describe the woman that was reading our friend's palm at the diner table? She looked like Yolandi. She looked from... <laughs> I feel like she walked off the set of Mad Max or like was like one of like um the baddies from 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 weird science that broke up the party that rode in on a motorcycle and wearing leather. Yeah. Shaped head. Yeah. And was just, just kinda like they were sitting at the table like behind us and one thing we just turned around and like all of a sudden our friend Mark is like getting his palm red. Don't turn your back on friends. Cause they might get their Future's red. Yeah, I remember he said he's like she said I had a short lifeline. That's what everyone says. And then like, and this is where your pool is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean I liked most of the Oscars, but I then it kinda dovetailed at the end there. I mean, it was a pretty diverse field. We had a female... Are you talking about this Oscars? Yeah. We're done talking about your um, questionable sexuality. Oh, well, you know, I mean, I was... It was a difficult time for me. Because I was still trying to, like, hold on to my faith. And it was like... Conflicting with everything, everything, even your love of movies. Because here, here's movies about the forbidden fruit, <laughs> Ang Lee and Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, did you feel like God was testing you with Brokeback Mountain? Like, holy shit, Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal and Michelle Williams. I had a crush on her too. Yeah, I saw. I saw. We went to high school with Michelle Williams. You yeah. Did. She was in my history class, and she used to hang out in the library because the girls were mean to her, so I would see her in the library. Well, she was very in and out. She wasn't around a lot. She was filming Species at the time, and she had already been on like a bunch of TV shows. She was like on her way up. And then senior year, she booked Dawson's Creek. She was still... Attending Santa Fe Christian when she no 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 there? she she left after freshman year she okay. homeschooled okay she finished high school at like sixteen she's get it done don't waste the prime of your life if you are a young actor get out there pay your dues well you still have your youth well especially for women I mean unless you're a guy you can be like a funny character actor until you like drop dead yeah. Or you can be like Glenn Close and be cool for your whole life. Cloris Leachman. Yeah. Those are rare. But yeah, so the Oscars came and went again this year, but we're, we're not here to celebrate <laughs> Anthony Hopkins winning another acting award. We're, uh, we're here to celebrate, you know, some some good stuff, but we're, we're jumping back to 2000. 2007, 2006, 2005. 
I'm living in San Francisco now. This is my, like, I'm done with college. I'm working at Trader Joe's. Then I'm leveling up, getting a job at a private art university, the Evil Empire Academy of Art. Getting paid way too much money for a job that didn't exist three years ago. Not paying rent. Those are good times. Still not having enough money or not wanting, or for whatever reason, you know, spending holidays in the movie theater, binge-watching the awards movies, so I saw a lot of these. The AMC Van Ness. Well, let's jump to our first category. Should we start with the Adaptios? I think I missed some of these because I was working at Disneyland so much that I didn't have time to go see some of these movies. But I definitely... So what we do is we kind of have a, our, as our Olympic tr- trials. We go to the each year and discuss, was the winner worthy of it? Were there contenders that deserve to go to the medal round? Where we have a gold medal match, determines gold and silver, and then we award a bronze. Yeah, so we want to start with um, original or adapted? Dealer's choice, Brendo. Let's start with adapted. Uh, we'll so, start in 05. So I got 2005 um, winning Brokeback Mountain. And then we also have Capote, The Constant Gardener. Which we watched. Yeah. Which was freaky in the vaccination era. Why was it freaky? Well, because it was about like. Uh, vaccine testing in Africa. They were testing vaccines on African people for it was like polio vaccines or not polio. Uh, no, and it was we just heard on the radio and we have tuberculosis family members that are, that may that are like, hey man, these vaccines. This is what they're doing to us right now. The whole world. But then I looked it up and it's like based on a Pfizer case. And you got jabbed with? Pfizer vaccine. So what does that mean? That means you're like, does it give you confidence? And I'm like, man, look at, look at, the, look at the atrocities they will, uh, they will commit to make sure that my vaccine is safe. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. After seeing that movie, do you wish you got the Dolly Parton jab? I would have felt better about it. Same with Whatever. You got your more, ass kicked more than more, anyone. They have more side effects. I didn't really feel any side effects. You think you need to go back? Get another jab. Get them all. Get them all. I'm super vaccinated, baby. You have a vaccine, uh, vaccine briefcase like um, Hunter S. Thompson in uh, Fear and Loathing. Here's my Moderna, Pfizer. This one, you. Watch out! I haven't got that AstraZeneca. Um, and then we got a history of violence, which uh, based on graphic novels. I know comic books coming up, and we got Munich. Uh, get out of here, Munich! Munich was garbage, right? Well, it was about those Jewish guys, the Israelis, killing a bunch. Famous of people. for being like, "Hey, look, Stephen K or." Um, Spielberg's gonna try the hand at like a sexy scene. It's like, why do you why are you putting a sexy scene in Munich of all movies, Spielberg? But I mean, this I don't think we have to venture in a lot of these categories, especially because of the screenplay. I was even looking at the Independent Spirit Awards, but I mean, other than you know, this is a, I think oh five, I, I think the winner stands. I think Brokeback is an important screenplay and just really good. Yeah, I really like it. I I have the DVD somewhere. I mean, it's like... Um, it's one of the DVDs I kept. It's like sometimes you have like those big vacations, like you plan for like half the year and they're like a week long. And then other times you have like just like almost like an impromptu weekend getaway to like the coast or the mountains. And like years later, like you find yourself thinking about like that, that getaway. To me, Brokeback is a movie like a getaway. It's like... 
even without thinking of it, like the time I spent with that movie and even even rooting for that movie during a war season in a lot of way, I'm like, ah. yeah, I'm, it was a good film. And you still don't get too many movies like that and too many gay love stories. Right, but even today that movie would look different, right? If that movie was made today, there would be uproar if gay actors weren't playing the leads. Yeah. As there should be. But it's just kind of like, it's good. It's a good barometer of like progress, right? It was progress for that story to be told, but it wasn't perfect. Similar to Boys Don't Cry before it. Um, but now it's like, thank God, you know? Yeah. All right, so 2006, we got, oh, this is a crazy year. We got the Plus, dip- those dudes acted the shit out of that. Yeah, man. And the supporting actors, you got you had you had uh, Linda Cardellini from Freaks and Geeks, Anne Hathaway, Anne Hathaway, and Michelle Williams. Two on six things get talk about a diversity of movies. You got sci-fi, you have comedy, comedy represented. You have. Um, Kate Winslet being awesome vehicle, right? Isn't that Little Children? Yeah. And then you have Notes on a Scandal, which is... So we have Winning is the Departed, then we have Borat, then Children of Men, and then Little Children, and Notes on a Scandal. That's the only one I haven't seen. Notes on a Scandal, I haven't, you know... Didn't win. Sorry. Moving on. Kate Blanchett, Judy Dench. It's like a Judy. One of those acting vehicles. I felt like. I I watched The Departed. Should have watched Borat because Borat's awesome. Oh man, I saw Borat as we got around to Borat too. But I mean, but Children of Men is so good. Little Children's really good. Both really. All these are really well written. But I mean, Borat is the funniest. I mean, it's like up there, like the funniest movies I've ever, like definitely one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in the theater. Which made the sequel all that more surprising that it was on the same shelf of quality. So, like, man. But, like, Children of Men is so good. Had a good weed scene in it. Strawberry cough. Weed <laughs> cough. Tastes like strawberries. And he died. And like, so like, I don't know what to pick on these. I mean, The Departed is really good. I just watched it. Yeah, but is it the screenplay that makes it good? I mean, it's based on a really good movie. Is a rat scurries across the scene in the final shot in the screenplay? Because if it is, it's, it's, it's eliminated. I mean, it's a it's a double kind of adaptation, right? Well, they took Infernal Affairs and they added the Whitey Bulger story on top of it. That's no small feat. But, I mean, Borat. We gotta give it to Borat. If for no other reason, like, let's reward a screenplay that was partially improvised. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah. I vote Borat. Yeah, Borat's good, and give it to a comedy. Good. I'm glad we did. Moving on. Okay. Ooh, here's the... here's here. Is it tough? This is tough. Well, it's between two for me. Let's cancel. Let's cancel the ones we're not going to be talking about. Well, I mean, um, you have... So you have No Country for Old Men. Then you have Atonement. Get out of here with that British shit. And then you have Away From Her, which Sarah Pauly did an amazing job. But a lot of that movie is the actors. I mean, Julie Christie was nominated for Best... I think she got nominated for Best Actress for this. Yeah, you can make a really, really good movie. And sometimes, you know, young screenwriter slash filmmaker, this is good. Doesn't help with diversity. But, you know, sorry. 
And you have the diving bell and the it's butterfly. Just all, these are all sad. Like, aren't those both, like, super sad? Yeah, well, away from her is, like, Alzheimer's. And diving bell and butterfly is, like, I can't move, but I still want to love my lover. But I communicate with my eye kind of a thing. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. And then we have... PTA, There Will Be Blood... Which I got to see at like the perfect screening at the at the um, Writers Guild with PTA and Dylan Day Lewis and um, the whole Apatow gang was there because Apatow was host. He was the hosting the Q and A, so I met like everybody. It was amazing. I'll say this: No Country for Old Men, good movie. I just watched it. It's Not the best, Coen Brothers. I don't know. It might be their best. Maybe. It's just like... It's a very but simple story. I think I that. like Fargo better, to be honest. I do, too. But you know, like There Will Be Blood is the only... It's to, to my knowledge, it's the only screenplay that we've discussed that has inspired one of my all-time favorite stand-up comedy bits, which is a Portland comedian... Jimmy Newstetter doing There Will Be Bored where he comes out as Daniel Plainview and does like a 20 pun 7 minute bit that's just about board games <laughs> that's yeah. pretty funny it's really good don't wake daddy Jenga! He would change it sometimes because he would find more. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was great. I loved it. Milkshake. I mean, but also, it was a beautiful movie. Chapters, it said a lot. You know, it was a movie about, like, war for oil, kind of. There's a lot to read into it. Uh, the score was cool. It had that Radiohead guy firing on all seams. It was a look. It was like a celebration of, like, Old California. I thought New Country for All Men. It had bowling in it. I like New Country for All Men because a lot of it was filmed in New Mexico, and that was like where we spent a lot of time. Yeah. And you could tell it was New Mexico. I like their old. It was like it's supposed to be Texas. <sighs> My vote is for there will be blood. Why are they angry? Mm. All right. Two thousand eight. We have Slumdog Millionaire winning. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Doubt. Frost Nixon and The Reader. The Reader's like the most depressing movie I've ever seen. It's really bad. But it has a strange new relevance. Because it's about Nazis? Yeah. But it's also about like... Do we forgive Nazis? But it's also like, what would you do? If you felt... I don't know. Yeah, it's rough. It's a tough one. It's also kind of um, statutory rapey, but like the way that we're cooler with. Yeah. So I'm okay leaving it at that. Frost Nixon is like, it's like one, like what's like one long impression, dual impression. Doubt, however, I've. It's a Pulitzer Prize winning play. From the guy that made Joe versus Volcano. It's awesome. Directed it too, and it's um it's what we call in the theater business a bulletproof script. Because it's like it's so good that it's like you can cast anybody, whether it's done off Broadway with Philip Seymour Hoffman and like, you know. Uh. Who's that woman that didn't do the that Meryl Streep took the movie role from? But 
She won like Broadway awards for the same role, Sherry something. Like, or you can do it at Clark College in Vancouver, Washington, with myself and the costume designer in the female lead. And people love it. I got to wear a lot of robes, listen to a lot of Arcade Fire, and grow my fingernails out. It was a good time. Do you think he did it? The you know was fun is, as I was doing it, the place started with, like, a sermon, and, like, that first act ended with, like, a sermon. And if my sermons were hitting and, like, the audience liked me, I'd be like, maybe I didn't do it tonight. <laughs> But if I was like, man, this audience sucks, I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, I totally did it tonight. And the script's ambiguous. Yeah. So, and it's, you know, in a sense, you know, it was a choice I got to make on a nightly basis. It was fun. I really like Slumdog Millionaire, but my favorite movie from 2008, I don't know if it's an adapted screenplay or an original screenplay. Well, you better find out. Uh, I'll find out. Talk about it. What is it? Well, it's The Wrestler. Would who did Aronofsky write the screenplay? Um, I don't know. He seems like someone who would at least tinker with it. But what is uh, you just Written surprised? By Robert Siegel. Are you just surprised that uh, there's a quality movie about wrestling like this? I mean. That and it's an amazing. It's a great story. It's a beautiful movie. It's really, it's really well written. And, I mean, is it is it the year of all these movies? Yeah, let's give it to that. These movies suck. They're down. But it's not adapted. It's original. Oh well, then get out of here. We're not even talking about that. It was written by Robert Siegel, a former writer for The Onion. So he went from writing for The Onion to writing this. Huh. Learn something new. Thanks, Wikipedia. So, Slumdog Millionaire... I I like Slumdog Millionaire. You don't like it? I like it too, but it's kind of like... I mean, sure, let's do Slumdog Millionaire. I don't think it's going to make a gold medal match. I what about think. Benjamin Button? No. It was too... The movie felt like three different movies. Seth Scott Fitzgerald. Let it be. <clears throat> gold medal match, baby. You get to bring one, I get to bring one. Uh... I think it should still be between No Country for All Men and There Will Be Blood. You gotta bring one, bro. What don't you understand about that? Alright. So what are you bringing? No Country for All Men is bronze material. It's still metal. I'm going to bring There Will Be Blood. I'm going to bring Borat. There Will Be Borat. My L. <laughs> what do you think should win? One of the best comedies ever? Or like one of the best P.T. Anderson, Daniel Day-Lewis performance movies ever? Again, we use this against other movies. Take away Daniel Day-Lewis. Put someone solid in there. You know, put, who, 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 put, put someone else in there. It could still work. Alright. But like Borat? That's all Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, but it's so impressive. Like, my wife is in my phone as M-A-H-W-A-H-F. Because even though I've been married for four years, every time it's like, oh, my wife is calling. There's a voice in me going... Yeah. Isn't that worthy of gold? I drink your milkshake. That's black gold. There's nothing wrong with a silver for Daniel Day-Lewis and P.T. Anderson. And give it a bronze to Coen Brothers. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. 
I guess I'm fine with that. I love it. Comedy wins gold for one of the first times in our podcast history. And it took Sasha Baron Cohen to do it. Mr. Anna Fischler. Isla. 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 And now we're on to the original screenplays, where there's another comedy looming. There's a couple. Well, let's jump right to it. Well, 2005, we have winning my least favorite movie, Crash. Get out of here. Then we have Good Night and Good Luck. Uh, side note, I end up working for Washington State University, home to the Robert R. Robert R. Murrow School of Communications, one of the nation's finest undergraduate broadcast communications programs. Wow. This this more evidence of, like, when you choose a college, if you're going because of, like, oh, my dead dad went there, which is what I did, or, like, oh, they have a cool football team. You should really be looking at like, well, hey, I want to get into broadcasting. Oh, I'm a state resident, and you know, one of these schools that's somewhat easy to get into has literally one of the best programs in the country, like historically good. It's like, hey, that's a good reason to go to a school. Or you could go the Felicity route. Yeah. Which is just as good as they have a good football team. Um, we got Match Point canceled. Get out of here, Woody. Uh, Squid and the Whale. That's probably my pick. And that's my pick, too. And then Syriana, which is good, but the kid dies at the very beginning, and it's really sad. And it made me scared of going into a pool. Because he gets electrocuted by the pool light. Remember that? Let's not think about it. Let's let's talk about the Squid and the Whale. Squid and the Whale is really good. No good old no Bombach and a pretty uh, commanding performance. Jesse Eisenberg. That's where I came to know Jesse Eisenberg. I was like, this guy's good. I like between that and have you ever seen Hurley Burley? Oh yeah, has some good Jesse Eisenberg performance. Was he a baby in that movie? He was pretty young. We were doing monologues from Hurley Burley when we were seniors in high school. Anna Paquin was in that one too. Hmm. Yeah, Squid and the Whale. Divorce. Yeah, that that was like my relation. I related to that very well. And the that remi- that would definitely capture the whole divorce parents, split up parents thing. And it's a great title because it sounds epic. But if you're like, you don't know anything about it. Like, hey, you want to go see a movie, The Squid and the Whale? What? What's that about? Divorce? I'm in. Sounds about right. And um, the Stephen Baldwin? Who cares? Jeff Daniels. Well, Jeff Daniels is great, but the Baldwin is really funny. Oh, yeah. He's a tennis coach. Yeah. And I, it was crazy because when this movie came out, I was working in a gated community, and there was a tennis coach that was sleeping with a bunch of the moms (laughs) at the gated community. And he was like the character in this. Man. Like Tiger Woods' dad's buddy. Yeah. Because he would like conveniently come over when like the husband would be out of town. It's lesson time. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But yeah. I think Squid in the Whale is a good call for 05. Alright, we got another comedy in 2006 winning Little Miss Sunshine. But what about Babel? And that movie was incomprehensible. You got Letters from Get Iwo Get it? <laughs> you got Letters from Iwo Jima. Get out of here, jingoism bullshit. No, that was really good. That was the Japanese point of view one, written by a, a Japanese person. Okay. Um, Pan's Labyrinth. Ugh, see, that's good. Love Pan's Labyrinth. And The Queen. And then The Queen, which is also really good. I mean, Little Miss Sunshine, come on. Little Miss Sunshine's great. 
You don't have to overthink it. 2007, we have a, a movie about a sex doll and... You got Juno winning. Mm-hmm. Lars and the Real Girl, which is really good. Michael Clayton, which is... I just watched that again. Really good. Yeah, but it's like a good episode of, I don't know, a procedural. <laughs> um, Ratatouille and the Savages. I keep it on Juno. Yeah, obviously. Is that really the first time you'd seen Juno? All the way through. And you liked it? Loved it. I mean, I didn't realize, like, hearing the characters talk, I was like, oh, this, like, changed the way, like, people talked. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those movies. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I can see why Guy on the Couch loves it. Alright, so 2008 is where I have a tough time. Now, I'm going to have to uh, leave this one to you. I'm going to have to recuse myself. You know, similar to the way, like, Supreme Court justices, they kind of have to step out. Why? If, like, there are, like, families involved or, you know, if they have a vested interest in the case. Because I appeared in the winner <laughs> yeah, you of did. this category. I was an extra in a crowd scene in Milk, which ended up winning. So we have Milk winning Frozen River... Happy Go Lucky, that's really good. In Bruges, also oh, really people good. People go crazy for that movie. Have it's you like, seen it? Yes. It's great. But it's like, it's not amazing. Shut up. It's really good. What makes it amazing? It's, it's, it's really funny, but it's also really like heartfelt, and it's a good story. I just don't want Brendan Gleeson to be a bad guy. Brendan Gleeson's awesome. And it's like, I don't know, normally, I don't really like Colin Farrell very much. And he's really good in that movie. That's true. I forgot who was in it, though. And then another really good one, uh, WALL-E. Featuring Pete Docter. Just because just it one makes you for cry. Soul. Just because a movie can make you cry on an airplane doesn't mean it deserves. WALL-E's one of my favorite Pixar's. Okay. But... but my pick for 2008 is not on this list. Either. Damn it. What about, You're not picking the movie your own brother was in about gay icon Harvey Milk? I really like Milk, and I think it's an important movie, but I still love... The Wrestler is one of my all-time faves. All right. All right. You eliminated the one movie I was in. I'm sorry, but The Wrestler is so good. Honestly, Carson, you ruined it for me. Apparently, I ruined the movie for Guy on the Couch. Are you? Can you see yourself in the movie? Did you make it? I I I don't even think I did. I didn't stick around. I was trying to. I was on a. I was on a date. Oh, you were like wooing a lady. Yeah. Well, the wrestler for me like got me. I don't know if the wrestler hadn't happened. I don't know if I ever would have gotten back into wrestling. Maybe CM Punk when CM Punk happened, but like the wrestler, you would have gotten into wrestling. Come on. I don't know. I was like. I got deep back into it, but then I got out again because it was kind of hot garbage at the time. Um, but like, I was in it for like a year after that. Um, but like, uh, but I, but like, I didn't think anything could get me back into it after Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit died, and just watching the wrestler like. Even though The Wrestler is not a happy movie, it just reminded me why I loved wrestling so much. And I think it can apply to a lot of things. And, you know, it's just okay. Okay. great story. You win. Wrestler is moving on. We'll talk more about it for the acting award. Because Better than Wally anyway. That's going to be a big debate there, probably. Uh, yeah, we'll save that story from the set of Harvey Milk for later. I'm sure I already told it on the podcast. That's one of the best stories I have, so you, there you go. It's not like people listen to this religious. Um, Is that a wine burp? Oh, yeah. Wine and do. So, gold medal match, bro. I mean, I guess the question is, who am I bringing to face off against the wrestler? Am I wrong about that? Oh, uh, yeah. 
That's gonna be it for me. So entering the ring to square off against what was his what was the wrestler's name? The Bronco. Randy the Ram. I knew it was a dumb animal. Um, stepping in the ring at four foot eleven, mm, under a hundred pounds. Mother and child, Juno. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, Randy the Ram? You gonna you gonna pin? You gonna body slam a pregnant girl in this death match for Oscar gold? Mm. Mm. I mean, you Juno won. Do you like the wrestler? I saw it once. Doesn't Marissa Tomei get naked? She's a stripper, yeah. yeah. Alright, so I saw it one time plus looking that scene up again. <laughs> Was there a body double in that? Uh, I don't think she used a body double in that one. Well, then, There's a face and tissue. Then give it the gold. Gold medal. Gold medal. Because she used a body double previously. How do you know this, Mr. Skin? I just remember them talking about it on Howard Stern's show. Ah, that was good. Like... Because Mr. Skin would come on Howard Stern, or he would come on some radio Wait, he's show. An actual, of course he's an actual guy. Oh, he came on Kevin and Bean, I think. I don't know. I don't remember. I know of he course, came on Mr. Skin, creator of an online archive of who, Who's Naked When, would go on a show called Kevin and Bean and drop the dish on on when there's it's perfect. That's like that's like so many things about the early it's just a lot about early two thousands. Right there. Wrestler gold? Or do you want Juno? I'm still like on the fence. You know, sometimes the gold medal is a tie. And there's two silver. And there's just a silver medalist. No bronze. Now I'm going to go with uh, The Wrestler. Because it's like my favorite movie. Silver is not bad for a comedy. Yeah. And bronze? We gave a comedy gold medal. I think bronze is... um... Squid and the Whale? No, I don't. Little Miss Sunshine? I'm thinking the bronzes. Little Miss Sunshine or Milk? Little Miss Sunshine. No, I'm giving it to Milk because I was in it. (laughs) Yeah, and you were part of that screenplay. Yeah. Crowd, fiery crowd. Cheers on Harvey Milk. Were you playing a gay character? No. I was, uh... I was, I was bicurious. Dude in a tank top. Actually, I was wearing a leather jacket with no shirt on underneath. Oh. They film in the Castro? They filmed all over. This was right in front of City Hall, where they have, like, gay pride parties. Hmm. It's kind of cool. It's, like, a cool one. That's cool. And I was on a date, but what was also really special was how I can find myself in the movie is the advisor for theater students at Berkeley was there. That was kind of like how I found out. It was like a part of his newsletter, like, hey, if you want to read extra. But then I showed up and he was there. Mr. Michael Mansfield, great academic advisor. Um, And... Also an extra who does show up in his yellow shirt in that crowd scene. Was it a cow shirt? No, it was just a yellow shirt. Hmm. But yeah. So to review. Bronze medal. Milk. Milk. Silver. Juno. Juno. Gold. The wrestler. The wrestler. And in the opposite category, also winning comedy gold, Borat. Silver and... There will be blood. And the bronze. No country for old men. We rewrote history, bro. You're welcome, P.T. Anderson. 
Sucky. Bad dad, rad dad. For rad dad this week, we're going with um, Uncle Brendo, because you're a rad dad. Red uncle. Red uncle. Uh, I love it when you just find Lillian and go, especially when like you're showing it off. You're like, "Hey, Lil," and then Lil goes, "Me." You squeak. Oh, when we do the scene from Peter Rabbit. There's a scene for describe it. Well, there's two scenes in Peter Rabbit where there's a screaming pig, and they just I think they just took that from those YouTube videos where there's like the screaming animals. So, like, the pig just, whenever he encounters... So, is that an adapted screenplay from a YouTube video? Are we going to come across that no. in the future of this podcast? But, like, the pig, um, like, sees a human and starts screaming. So, there's two different times in the movie when the pig is, like, looks at the human and goes, ah! And Lil thinks it's, like, the funniest thing, and she starts doing it. So, now, if I go to Lil, like, hey, Lil, ah! She'll go, and it's really cute. <laughs> it makes me laugh. We also fist bump each other. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes she doesn't do it. Yeah. And then sometimes she'll be like, I'll do one. And then she'll be like, Uncle Brendo, double. And she'll do double fist bump. She's a, she's a funny fucking kid, man. She's really funny. Alright, so what's bad, Uncle? Bad Uncle is, um, well, I was watching her, and I let her run down the hill, and she fell and got a really bad gash on her head. That could have had, that's not, that's not a Brendo thing. I felt responsible. That's just kind of look at the draw. Yeah, it just, it just was really sad, and I had to carry her home, and she's crying. But that makes you rad, Uncle. I guess. But didn't she heal like Wolverine? She did heal really quickly. I'm pretty amazed. She had like half an egg one day. Day two was kind of like, is that like a smudge on your head? And then like, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I was just thinking today, I was like, because it's like, we live minute to minute. You know how it is. We're just trying to get to the next nap time, it feels like. And, uh, but through it all, it's like, Lil gets to be raised by her parents and her uncle and the guy that lives on the couch. (laughs) That's kind of cool. It's like full house. It is. It's less kids, more weed, but still a lot of uh, very special moments. Yeah. I think she's pretty lucky. And she has a power wheel, which I didn't have when I was growing up. Although she's scared to ride it. She'll get in it. So funny, but the first time she's laid eyes on it, she jumped in and just went, went. Yeah. And now she's like, "Mm." But now the battery's not even in it. Oh, we gotta charge it. There'll be... There'll be more time for Power Wheels. <sighs> yeah. What do you think of the new Mortal Kombat? Parts I saw were good. I enjoyed Kano. Kano did not expect in Kano. The worst play playable character that had to be the most entertaining. And the fatalities and stuff were awesome. The fact that they had like animalities and I still want to see a friendship in a movie. I mean, they kind of did it in the first one where they did Johnny Cage's, he signed the picture. Yeah. That was his friendship. But, uh, I don't know. I, I think people, like, it, it's a wide spectrum, but I see a lot of hate and I don't, I don't know, whatever, but I, I enjoy it. Expectations, I think, are critical going in. We have a lot of people that, like, Mortal Kombat, that's, like, something they've been into since, like, night. 19- since the early 90s. Yeah. And that's like a big fandom. And there's a lot of lore. But they change the lore like every, every game. Time. Every game there's like new lore. 
So it's like... What did you think of the MMA guy? Oh, the Cole Young? His costume sucked. The character design sucked. Yeah. Well, because you were like, he's got Baraka arms, but he's also got Jack's arms. And he's got like, I don't know. It reminded me of um, the ape guy from the Umbrella Academy in a weird way. Where I'm just like, there's something off here with this design. It's off-putting. People don't like it. I thought the actor was good, though. And they stuck him in that stupid thing. Why do they always have to, like, introduce a new character to be like, this is the audience's point of view? Like, in an established universe, they don't need to do that. I don't know. But anyway, Invincible's better than anything on TV. Invincible's great. I haven't watched the last episode. It's the best. Let's watch it right now. You Love you, bro. Watch it. Love you, bro. There you go. Love you, bro. Love you. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Love you, bro.